0: This is the podcast by The Straits Times.
1: Final day drama in the English Premier League saw Liverpool and Chelsea secure top four finishes and those lucrative Champions League places, while the neutral's favourite, Leicester City, fell out of contention. Manchester City, of course, lifted the EPL trophy they had sealed two weeks earlier, while Manchester United wrapped up the season having remained unbeaten on the road the entire term. But what does all of this mean as we look ahead? Hi, I'm ST Sports Correspondent Sazali Abdulaziz and on this episode of ST Sports Talk I'll be chatting with EMTM Video Features Editor Jonathan Roberts and ST Sports Reporter Deepen Raj Ganesan about what we learned from the Premier League season just passed and what we can expect on 14 August when the new term kicks off Uh, Let's start with Liverpool uh, dethroned the season after ending a 2 decade wait to be champions Uh, Injuries of course played a part in their regression but Jonathan Roberts, let's start with you Will they be immediately able to mount a, a proper challenge next season?
2: Uh, Sezali, let's not just put this down to injuries. Uh, there's a very clear reason why we didn't retain the trophy and that's because you tipped Liverpool to win at the start of the season. And every time you tip Liverpool to win, something goes wrong. The year that you didn't tip them and said it wouldn't happen, they won the Premiership. Um, so, you know, don't blame it all on the injuries. You know you are to blame for this. Yeah,
1: I know what I did. I know what I did. I think I I, I hold my hands up and and I know that I have the opposite of the Midas touch when it comes to Liverpool. Not that I'm
2: superstitious at all. (laughs) Not at
1: all. But, you know, Jurgen Klopp seems to think it's all about injuries.
2: Nobody could say he's making excuses. We've had a terrible season. This is like... If you got a flat tire and then you've realised that your spare tire was broken as well, and then other tires were the air was going out of them, and then you realise that the sunroof was open and it's about to rain, it was terrible. Um, I think just to actually achieve top four for for Liverpool, considering that we were like eighth at the end of Feb around March with only about forty something points. I mean, that's like in Raiders of the Lost start when Indiana Jones just gets under the stone door just before it closes. That's getting into top four. Getting top three is him just reaching back and grabbing his whip again. It's extraordinary that we've got that far. Of course, I mean, your heart bleeds for Leicester that it's at their expense. Um, you'd much rather Leicester be there than Chelsea. I mean, obviously. Um, but it's been a terrible season. And I, it's also one that I... It's such a warning to just how easily things can drop off. And don't forget, I mean, you're also looking at a season where, you know, these guys are getting older and older. We, we don't really have the fresh blood coming in. You know, there's a few around, but I think um, it's it's a bit disturbing. And I, I don't know how much we can get off to a flying start again. I would say that the season would just be pretty meh if it was not for the Allison goal. The Alison Gold is a key factor in just how we finish the season. I think it's such a uh, a brilliant moment, and a moment that just just reminded people, you know, okay, sure, you know, Anfield is no longer the fortress it used to be, but Liverpool can still be incredibly dangerous from any particular angle. And I, I think it, it was <laughs> even if like a, a goalkeeper such,
1: at, at corners.
2: Well, I think it was such a statement. It's, it's such a brilliant moment, and it means so. I mean, it means so much to him as well on a personal level, but on a club level. You know, it, it stunned everyone. Just the kind of thing we needed to finish the season with because it just reminded people that Liverpool lost special.
1: Deepen, uh, I mean, you're a Manchester United fan. Uh, Jonathan Roberts said, you know, it, it is insane. Uh, it's amazing that they managed to scrape um, into a Champions League finish. Uh, Study with, with a, the a,
2: scraping, a, please. You know, come on.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Indiana Jones basically scraped <laughs> under that stone draw. So, you know, Deepen, uh, but, but, you know, Jonathan Roberts did point out that. Um, At one point, Liverpool were 8th, you know, um, as far back as 8th. Do you you think the decline um, shows that Klopp has plenty of problems he has to fix in the summer, Deepan?
0: I won't say plenty of problems, but I think uh, this season did highlight uh, certain areas of his team that he needs to improve. Um, We can talk, you know, all day about the injuries that they suffered in defence, but I thought that, you know, especially in the middle of the season, we saw that, you know, Liverpool's attack, uh, weren't as great as we thought it, it could be, um, and I'm saying this because uh, we they had Sadio Mane, uh, Mo Salah, and Robert Firmino fit, and yet they couldn't you know conjure up a uh, winning goals against some of the mid tier and bottom teams. I think this is where I think Jurgen Klopp will look at in the summer and realize, hmm, uh, am I going to persist with Firmino as a false nine and you know get this team playing uh, the kind of attacking football that I want to play? Um, this is where he will look to improve, and you know if you look at the stats alone, I think um, they've scored close to you know. Uh, 20 less goals this season compared to last season. And I don't think you can blame that on defence alone. Um, you know, I, I agree totally, you know, as a United fan or even as a football fan, I'm shocked that Liverpool were able to make the top four. Uh, I think Gary Neville summed up uh, summed it up very nicely by asking, you know, how the hell have they got into the top four? Because uh, this is not something that you would have expected um, You know, in the middle of the season. So kudos to Liverpool, kudos to Jurgen Klopp for, you know, ensuring that they somehow have finished in the top four. And I agree completely with John Robb in saying that the Allison moment, you know, really changed it up for them in terms of the last two games because without that goal, I don't think Liverpool would have made the Champions League. All right, let's
1: talk about Manchester United now. They were runners-up, of course, and by that token, some would say they will probably or possibly pose the biggest challenge to Manchester City next season. Uh, as we mentioned, unbeaten away from home, lots of positive to take away from this season. But is the club truly in the right direction? And, and are they actually good enough um, as a squad to challenge, You know,
0: it would be lovely if we got a trophy for, you know, ending the season unbeaten from away. Uh, but, you know, we, we got to look at the positives, right? I think um, this season, the, the key word to sum up the season has been progress. Um, I think compared to the previous season, we've taken up a, a notch in terms of the football that we play. I think we have been able to play well against the bottom teams as well as the top teams uh, in terms of the points that they have got. But I think where the difference lies between Manchester City and Manchester United is the fact that uh, we do not have a complete depth. Um, I think that's where Ole will, will try to improve the squad in the summer because uh, when you look at, at the team, when Cavani was injured, we didn't have a proper nine, number nine uh, to lead the team. And you saw the difference it, it uh, Cavani made when he came into the picture because you finally have a number nine that you know Bruno Pogba can play along with. Um, I think this is the difference for United and City where we don't have the depth Uh, For Manchester City, you saw that when Aguero or Jesus were unavailable, Uh, you know, Pep had the ability to bring in De Bruyne or Foden as a a false nine, and that worked for them tremendously. I think for Manchester United, the reserves are just not good enough if you want to mount a title challenge. Uh, But I would say, you know, I will sum up the season in terms of one word progress. Uh, I think we are heading in the right direction. I think Ole has shown that he's not just a PE coach, right? Like what most people say. I think he has shown that he has a tactical ability, technical knowledge to come up against some of the best managers um, in the world as he, sh- as he showed in the Champions League earlier this season. So I think if we can get in uh, some proper reinforcements around the team, I think they can uh, close the gap on Manchester City next season.
1: Points noted but, um, you know, they didn't even win half of their 19 home matches. Is that a worry? And, and they considered more goals than a Liverpool team uh, without their first three centre-backs? for most of the season. Uh, JB, do you, do you think those are, are signs that show Manchester United still have a long, long way to go?
2: I th- I think there's a very strange case with Manchester United at the moment. There seems to be like this aura that people don't realise they finished second and <laughs> they've been unbeaten away. Um, <laughs> you know, it's... And yet, you know, the way everyone talks about it is that, oh, well, Oli's just a couple of games away from getting the boot. I mean, if Man United had had Liverpool's season, you could pretty much imagine that, you know, they'd be looking elsewhere for a new manager. Um, But I think what Oli has done is quite amazing, really. I think he's, I mean, especially with problem players like Pogba and stuff like that, I think he seems to have solved that problem by sidelining the guy and he's more incredibly managed to shut up his agent, which is nothing less than astounding, I think. So as a man-manager, he's proving his worth. I think this is this is almost like a retread of the Ferguson thing. I think this is a slow build to a much better team. But at the same time, I do think people need to wake up and just say, you know, they came second. It's, it's quite extraordinary that they still get this kind of, well, you know, there's sort of trouble at mill and there's something wrong with them. Uh, I think we're on the right path, I think, I think for the future. I think the worst thing would be is for the owners to suddenly start getting antsy again and start looking for new blood because, you know, I don't think there's that many, again, it's the old thing, I don't think there's that many quality managers around, you know, you you get you bring in another journeyman or something, but I think, yeah, I think they're the right person with Ollie. I mean, even if he wasn't the right person, I'd still say stick with Oli because I want Liverpool to beat them.
1: <laughs> Deepen uh, about that, that, that statistic about their, their home record and, and, you know, conceding more goals than a, a Liverpool team uh, without their heart of their defence for most of the season? Is that a worry? Uh, definitely a worry. I
0: think actually, uh, you, you got to look at it in context, right? I think uh, when you look at the Manchester United squad, um, I personally don't think that they're anywhere near ready for a title challenge. So to finish second i think it was a job well done uh, by ole and the coaching staff um you look at the goals conceded uh, it's a big worry because here you are saying that we have spent 80 million on on a specific player um and our defense is still not where we want it to be so i think that the obvious thing is that you got to spend more right i think in terms of um, maguire's partner i think that's a big big question right now because They've tried Lindelof, they've tried uh, Tuanzebe for a small period, they've tried Eric Bai. it doesn't seem to work. But I think what Harry Maguire's absence in the last few weeks has shown that he is not the problem, but you know, it's the partner that he has. Um, They've tried Lindelof, they've tried Tuanzebe, they've tried Eric Bai. it doesn't seem to work. Uh, when I say it doesn't seem to work, I'm saying you know, it's not good enough to be a defense that's going to win you titles it's not a defense that's going to keep um attackers you know at bay and you know, give them a one nil victory so they've got to look at that in the summer you know get in a proper uh partner for maguire someone who's fast um on his feet in terms of his pace i think that will improve the United defense i think luke shaw has improved tremendously this season uh, but also the right side of defense is something that i worry about uh, you know lots of united fans and football fans in general like to say that uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka is one of the best defenders in the league in terms of his one-to-one defending. But if you look at his positioning, it's it's awful. And, I, and I'm saying that because I watch him quite closely and his positioning has cost United in several games. Um, I think he needs a proper competitor. It's something like how when Alex Telles came in, Luke Shaw seems to improve so much. I think Aaron Wan-Bissaka needs a proper competitor for his position. And then we might see that area of defense improve as well. So the whole right side, because Maguire plays left center back, Shaw is left back. I think the right side of the defense needs work. Um, And of course, the goalkeeping situation needs to be clarified in the summer as well. All
1: right. If you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our podcast, ST Sports Talk, on your favorite audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Like us and rate us. Now back to our chat. Um, the top scorer and top assists uh, awards went to one Sir Harold Kane of Tottenham Hotspur uh, and those may well be the last honours he wins as a Spurs player. Uh, Kane has said he wants to move to a club challenging for major trophies. Uh, where do both of you think uh, he'll end up, Jonathan Roberts?
2: There's only one place that's got, already got a departing striker, uh, and that's Man City. I think, it, yeah, I think at the moment, if he was to go to Man U, Ch- any, anywhere else, it's that awkward situation of new striker when they've already got people in.
1: Yeah, it's, in place. it's the most obvious choice, right?
2: I think with Man City, it's a bit clearer. Also, again, it's the money, uh, but I even then, I think he's in a very difficult position because he's twenty-seven. I don't think he's quite twenty-seven. Is kind of tipping. I know he's, he's top goalscorer, but you know, he's only got so long left, and you know, who knows what. Next year brings. I think Man City is the best choice for him, but I don't know if he's going to quite get the glory that he could have done had he left
1: earlier. Uh, Deepen, uh, you agree he's likely to end up at, at Manchester City, uh, or, or would you want him at United uh, to sort of play ahead of uh, Cavani
0: in the starting lineup? I, I think, great point by John in terms of mentioning his age. Uh, you know, at this age, he, he would want to go to a club where he can get immediate success. Um, not to a club where, you know, it's a bit iffy in terms of whether they'll win trophies or not. And that's, of course, Manchester United. You know, we are not quite sure whether uh, United have the capacity to win titles in the near future. But with City, it's it's more or less guaranteed in a sense you're going to win some trophies. So I think that's his viewpoint. But I would just like to mention this, um, that I was watching an interview by Harry Maguire yesterday. And he said that uh, Pep Guardiola actually called him up and, and spoke to him uh, to, to get him to sign for Manchester City. And where did he end up? He ended up at Manchester United. So if, if Harry Kane is thinking more in terms of making history, you know, pulling a club to to win titles again, getting back to the glory days, and then I think he should join the red side of Manchester. But in terms of um, thinking, predicting where he'll go, I think he'll be Man City.
1: Yeah, I mean, he—he he, to be fair, he's been trying to pull up a club to their former glory for the last 10 years. Lah. So, you know, and, and that hasn't really worked out well for him. Uh, let's have a quick fire round for both of you. Uh, just a quick answer. Uh, best player of the season. JB, let's start with you.
2: Okay, I'm going to go a bit left field. It's not a best player. Uh, best performance over the season. Uh, I'm going to say Klopp, just for bringing the team back. I think it's been
1: uh, really a, no, really, really. Are you
2: kidding I, I, me? No, I'm not. Because I think any other manager would have struggled to hoist the team back. We talked about, you know, the lack of goal scoring. I think there was a general uh, cloud over Liverpool for a long time towards the, you know, it just looked quite desperate for a long time. And I think it's the power of a manager like Klopp, who is not just hands off; he buoys the team up he brings them up i yeah, think of course yeah he he's my, not player but performance of the season to bring everyone back up especially you know personal tragedies as well uh both in in the in the squad and with himself i think it shows the metal of the man to be able to get the team back up and pretty much you know ready to start next season with a new energy as well not having it end on a on a
1: I'm, I'm surprised because I would actually go the opposite direction and say that I've sort of, um, I wouldn't say lost a bit of respect, but he's gone down a bit in my standing this season because obviously it's been a very challenging season. And we've seen him win and whine a lot more than previous seasons. And, and you know, obviously he's a breath of fresh air with his honesty and stuff. But a couple of times uh, this season, I felt like when he... he Complaints here, and and then I'm like, oh, you know, come on, get on with it. You know, everybody has their problems, you know.
2: Okay, I would go the other way because I would say that no, he's uh, he's right to speak out. Because if you talk about things like the Super League, he's, you know, he spoke out about that. But at the same time, the Super League is, uh, you know, this whole thing of, you know, trying to create more matches. And you look at the schedules that they're trying to, UEFA and FIFA and whoever are trying to bring in for club matches, it's just. It's getting a bit nuts, and it, I think it's quite right to say you know there's too much going on, and sometimes this, the fixtures just cram up together. You know, it's. Uh, I don't think he's whinging and whining. I think it's just actually just being honest. All
1: right, deepen uh, best player or I guess performer since we have uh, broadened the category here.
0: Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this will answer uh, the, the best performer as well as the best signing, and that has to be Ruben Diaz. Um, wow, what a signing. I, I think when, when Manchester City brought him in, even they wouldn't have expected the impact that he has made in this team. Um, not really because of of, of his defense or, or how well he has you know um, been in defense, but actually he allows the attackers to to be free in terms of um, how they attack. And I think Ruben Diaz is the, is the reason for that. I think even Pep has, has spoke about it a few times and said that you know with uh, Diaz and, and John Stones, uh, City are able to go forward more willingly. Um, and so, yeah, he has to be the signing of the season and the player of the season for me. Is Bruno Fernandes anywhere near uh, the reckoning for look, you? I, I think, you I I
1: think United many Man.
0: United fans will tell you that Bruno is the player of the of the season. Um, but I, I would like to to differ. You know, if you look at him over the course of the season, um, he has had many bad games as well. But, you know, it's always glossed over by the fact that maybe he scores a penalty in that particular game and then, you know, all is forgotten. Alright, uh, best goal. Uh, Deepan, let's start with you. Two for me. One is uh, purely based on aesthetics. Has to be Edison Cavani's chip against Fulham. Boy, what a chip that was! You know, not even something I expected. Um, another goal is also my favorite moment of the season, and you know, I'm a United fan, by the way. But it's for me, Allison's goal against West Brom. You know, it's a goal that got me off my seat and got me a bit emotional as well. Even the the post-match uh, interview that Allison gave. It was such a big moment in terms of uh, of the Liverpool's Champions League race, as well as personally for the player in terms of the tragedy that he has faced earlier this season when his dad passed on. So, you know, it was such an important moment for me uh, in terms of uh, as a football fan. Uh, I love watching, you know, people that you don't expect to score get a goal. And what a goal that was. A, a brilliant idea, I would say. Uh, JB, uh, for you, best goal?
1: Oh, I mean, is there any
2: question? Yes, it's Allison. Uh, just an amazing moment. You, the joy on the players' faces when he scored—you can see what it meant. That is just an astounding moment.
1: All right, uh, and and lastly, favourite moment or, or a highlight of the season. And you know, I, I I'm I'm guessing Allison's goal is right up there. So let's let's talk about something else. Any other uh, match or moment or highlight? Um, you know that that uh, is is comes to mind for for either of you guys, uh, Jonathan Robert. Let's start with you.
2: It's a bit difficult. I I, I just think it, it's everything for Liverpool has come at the end, and I think just seeing us hit not just top four but top three is a, a relief and uh, so extraordinary. It, it just it still feels somewhat unreal that we managed to clinch that. It, it again, I, I think like I said with Man United before. You get such a, a cloud of expectation or non expectation around the club sometimes that you can kind of miss the, their progress. And so, yeah, it was sorry to be boring, but as a Liverpool fan, top three.
0: Uh, and Deepen? What about you? I've got two that come to mind. One is actually uh, United's penalty that was awarded after the game had finished against Brighton. Um, I think that caused a huge uproar on social media, but. As a United fan, I found it quite funny. Um, you know, I, I didn't think that that was possible first and foremost, but you know, for that to happen, that was quite funny. Um, second one is actually, uh, if you remember, uh, it was Manuel Lanzini's last minute screamer against uh, Spurs. Uh, yeah, that was a brilliant game, and you know, it's something that that you 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 fail to realize and and, and appreciate at that moment. But you know, when you look back on Spurs, the season yep. uh, and you see where West Ham have finished, uh, I think that was a moment to savor as well. Um. Where does Villa 7-2 Liverpool rank uh, for either of you? <laughs> I think I think for me as a United fan, that was a, a great moment simply because it happened right after United got, got trounced by Spurs, right? So, you know, uh, especially with all the banter that was yeah. coming in from Liverpool fans and then a few hours later, them going down 7-2 was a sweet, sweet moment. Uh, it's not a moment for the season though, it's the moment of a lifetime, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll ever see that that scoreline in our lifetime. JB, how were you feeling uh, when uh, that Oli Watkins? Sorry, what was that? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the Scrubbed from I, memory, I will yeah. say
2: that, funnily enough, uh, an Aston a Liverpool Aston Villa match was also uh, one of my highlights of the year, or a, a a very key moment of the year, because it happened whilst I was having to review the film Mortal Kombat, and I it was this is in April, and the score was not great Got, as the film started, so I had to switch off my phone. It was such a relief after such an awful film to discover that Liverpool had won 2-1. Um, and uh, so much more tension in waiting for that result than the actual film.
1: And that's a wrap for this episode of ST Spot Talk. We hope you enjoyed listening. You can search for our show, ST Spot Talk on your favourite audio apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Like us and rate us.